Good day, everyone. This is episode number 26 with Ignition APG Specialist and Xavier Strength and Conditioning Coach Jay Clerman. In this episode, we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, something that Jake has been practicing for a few years now. We go over nutrition, supplements, what you should and shouldn't be taking. We get into certain exercises that Jake does with all of his athletes so they can perform at a high level. And a whole lot more good stuff that I think you guys will enjoy. Um, Please make sure to go over to iTunes and subscribe, download, leave a review. That helps the overall rating of the show immensely. So I would greatly appreciate that. And um, without further ado, here's Jay Clerman. What's up, everyone? This is the road to the show. We are now live with Jake Lerman. Jake, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, dude. You've been doing a lot of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu lately. Correct. How's that been going? Good. So I've been doing that for about two years now. Um, And I don't know how familiar you are, but you get stripes. And then once you get four stripes, then you test for your next belt. So over the two years, I'm at three stripes right now. So I'm coming up on getting my fourth and starting to study for that and learning the moves that I need to do to get my blue belt and things like that. So hopefully, you know, by next summer. Is that like karate, essentially? So jujitsu is grappling and submissions. So there's uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu centered around self-defense. Um, so you're defending kicks and punches for practicality of defense. Then there's a sport, ju- sport jiu-jitsu where you're um, working to choke and submit the other person, you know, for points and things like that. So there's two kind of different styles, and we kind of hit both of them. So you, you feel pretty confident you could go around just, like, destroy anyone walking the streets? <laughs> Not quite yet. I still try to work on uh, Coach Jennings every once in a while. He's a bigger dude. So Is there is the weight classes matter? Yeah. <clears throat> so when I've done one competition, and um, when you do a competition, there's weight classes, and then there's weight classes based on experience. So you match up with your experience and your weight class. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. If a guy's like my weight, 220, but he's a brown belt, which is one lower than a black belt, like I wouldn't go against him. I would go against a, someone with similar experience. So white belts compete together, blue belts compete together. And then from there, they kind of mix them up. Do you do that for like a, a workout now? Um, sometimes. I mean, it's it's hard. So at the end, of, at the at minimum, it's a workout. You know what I mean? So I'll still do my strength training, you know, four or five days a week. And then... I'll do jujitsu about five to six hours a week. So sometimes I'll go for two hours a night and do that three days a week. Is that one of the things where it's about like spirituality and like respecting your opponent opponent too? Are they like big into that? Sort oh of yeah. Thing? Um, so it's super humbling to begin with. Like there's really not many egos at the gym. And if there are, people don't last very long just cause they don't like losing. So like you get, you either win or you learn. So, um, my first probably six months, I didn't tap a single person out. You know what I mean? And I'm getting thrashed. You know, um, guys can make it really uncomfortable for you when they got, like, elbows in your face and knees going across your chest or belly. You know what I mean? Just making things rough for you until you figure it out. So it's very humbling in that sense. And once you kind of check your ego a little bit, like, you really learn the respect of a martial art. You know what I mean? Which I'd never had before. And it was a completely new experience. So um, that's been pretty cool. Like, I notice, 
like I'm not as confrontational anymore, which is kind of, I think a byproduct of that. Cause it's less like, it's not worth it to be getting in like letting your anger get the best of you and like get physical with somebody. You know what I mean? Cause now you know what you're capable of and you know, what's can happen to you. You know what I mean? Right. You, you don't know who you come across on the street. You know, there's some guys at jujitsu that are Brown and black belts. You wouldn't think it, but they would destroy you. And yeah. So it's, is it similar to UFC? Um, so jujitsu is a huge component to UFC. UFC is MMA, mixed martial arts. Um, so you're combining all those Muay Thai, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, um, kickboxing. So UFC is just an outlet to express all those. So like if someone's if someone's really good at stand up versus someone really good at jujitsu, like the chess match would be like they're all know a little bit of everything. Some are like what's your game? You know what I mean? Some guys have a jujitsu game. So it's like, all right, if I'm going against someone who kicks and throws really well, all right, well I gotta like close the distance and get them to the ground and then they're in my world. You know, but if I stay on my feet, then I'm in their world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so no, that makes to, sense. That's where the chess match comes in. But um, up at the gym, we'll do we'll do defense in that sense where you start standing up and guys will throw and kick and you have to defend and get close, get get them to the ground. You know what I mean? Would you so, ever recommend that to some of your athletes that you work with here? So that's a good question. We we try to use what's useful from jujitsu. So in that sense, like in the summer. I was helping Coach Jennings with men's basketball, and we're talking about mobility and warm-ups and things like that. And jiu-jitsu's got a pretty unique warm-up just because you're, you're crawling, rolling, you know, um, flipping over your shoulders and things like that. Um, so it's very unique. You don't really see athletes doing that. So Jenny, or Coach Jennings wanted to apply that down here with his guys just because those guys are never on the ground. So there's an opportunity for them to grow and learn since it's so foreign to them. So we had one of my black belt instructors come down along with my head instructor. Um, they came down from Gracie, Cincinnati, I think three days a week for, and they would take the men's basketball team through a, a jujitsu style warm up for 30 minutes before they started the lift. So we would get the tumbling mats out and they would go, you know, down, down the line, you know, working different movements that these guys rarely ever do. So, from week one to week eight, you see this huge difference on how these guys move closer to the ground, which, again, when you're landing, a basketball player, you know, that's 6'8", is going to do everything he can to stay on his feet and even put himself in an awkward position to not go to the ground because it's so far for him. Yeah. So, like, getting him to understand like, how to approach the ground or how to get up without using your arms and things like that, get them comfortable with absorbing landings or maybe it's just easier to fall and roll as it is to fall and try to catch your step and put your foot and knee in a compromising position. So uh, that's been a huge component with those guys. And, and then the, I try to use some with the baseball guys. Do they you know, teach like ability. nutrition too? Or is that, yeah. Is that no. something they emphasize or, I mean, there's some cultural things. That, yeah. Like, like Gracie, weird stuff. The Gracie family, like branched out and tried to make their own nutritional guidelines for jujitsu and stuff, but that's all. You're not I mean, into that. No, I I do my own thing. What do you what do you believe for like nutrition for athletes? So I think when we talk about athletics or athletes, you know, that's a special population. You know what I mean? It's completely different than general population and those needs. Um, you know, when you talk about energy system demands um, and tissue breakdown, 
you know, from strength training, um, you know, you have to meet those needs to one perform in training and two to perform and practice in the games. So, um, you can't just go on like a random three day fast in the middle of the season or something and expect to do well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like where you could easily do that as a general population, you know, athlete. Um, Why couldn't you just, uh, supplement it? I mean, we had, um, we were talking the other day about Brent Suter and he, you know, became vegan during the season. Yeah. Um, why couldn't you just drink a bunch of protein shakes, right? You're just still getting yeah. your protein in. Yeah. Um, one, I mean, when you talk about changing your diet completely, you have to come to the realization that, like, your body's going to adapt to that, right? And you don't know. And in season, you really, you know, when the lights are on, do you really want to play with what? you're doing you know what i mean if i if i'm performing pretty well right now and i think i can perform better if i switch my diet completely well it's either going to go stay the same be better or could end up really bad so you know what i mean like your body's going to respond to that and do you want to play that game in the middle of the season i would think not i would think you would do that in the off season um but when you talk about supplementation you know supplements are really meant to fill the cracks you know, from a diet that doesn't have certain needs or that doesn't doesn't hit everything. Um, or, you know, the way I look at it is I, I try to eat a pretty well-rounded diet for myself. I still consider myself an athlete. Um, so when I take supplements, it's to maximize each. Um, I'm trying to get like that extra 1%. You know what I mean? So like... Yeah. You know, maybe I can get all my food through my protein. If I can't, all right, I'm going to try to maximize it getting, like, a protein shake. So that's, like, filling the crack. Um, but if I'm trying to really optimize my performance and do everything I can, okay, well, now I'm going to start looking at how can I maximize each workout. You know, yes, I can train on a well-rounded diet, but what is going to make me even better? Like, do I need to take caffeine before I train? Do I need to take beta alanine before I train? Do I need to take creatine? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, those are the two routes that I see with supplements, filling the cracks or really looking for those 1%, you know, going from 99 to 100. Yeah. Does Jay, that make sense? Yeah, for sure. What do you think about pre-workouts? Because I've taken pre-workouts. Yeah. You've taken pre-workouts. Yeah. I mean, I love walking in the gym feeling like a beast, but <laughs> right. is it is that good? Is that stuff, I mean, good for you? So, again, let's if we're speaking in terms of trying to maximize our workouts – you know, there's research that shows certain, I would say, individual ingredients that, like, are effective. Um, I haven't taken anything from – I haven't taken, like, a C4 or a Jack 3D or all those brands from, like, GNC. I haven't taken, like, those mixtured compounds in a long time. Um, so, like, I'll, I'll take, like, the individual – ingredient so like whether that be like beta alanine um or caffeine straight like i've taken caffeine supplements or just the um, pills yeah okay. so like i know specifically like that's what it is you know i know how many milligrams it is and i know exactly what i'm taking when you take it with a c4 you know it might be some proprietary uh blend and you don't know um you don't really know for sure the amount or the quality or where they got it from. And they're just going to mix it all together and say like, Oh, this is our pre-workout blend. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like you don't really, um, and supplements aren't, um, monitored by the FDA. So, so 
they can kind of do whatever they want. Um, a lot of it's about money, essentially. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So like they're going to use different different things to fill it up and um, create more volume of product. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And for me, like I just don't. If I don't, if I can't even say it, I'm probably not gonna <laughs> take it. Um, and it's hard to do research on some of those things. And then the other side, you don't know if they're putting if what how they're making it involves at the same compound that they're making things that are illegal and things get mixed in the same batch you know it can be very easily um you can very easily get tested for that and come up positive so that's where i think the issue is i got you so it's like it's an unnecessary risk you know what i mean yeah now jake you come into the gym you got your caffeine pills (laughs) in you in your system now um is there a certain program that you like to do for all of your athletes like is there a baseline where you and then like you just kind of break up side you know this exercise or this one for this athlete so i think for me it all starts with testing um and then doing a needs analysis for the sport so if i have four teams volleyball and those are my teams here volleyball uh baseball and women's soccer women's basketball um you know all those have different needs for their sport so I'm going to I'm going to study the sport, you know, study the athletes positions, see what the common movements are, what are the demands from a conditioning standpoint, what are the demands from a um you know, like a lifting training standpoint, movement standpoint, um what are common injuries in that sport and then from there the program kind of falls into place. Okay, they need to be good at this. You know, volleyball, they need to be great at jumping and they need to be great at landing. They need to have good you know, lateral quickness, and they need to be able to do that over and over for two hours. You know what I mean? So, okay, now from there, you just start asking yourself, all right, what what exercises, what strength exercises are beneficial, what plyometrics are beneficial, um, and then from there, you break down how many weeks do I have to get from point A to point B. So you really just deconstruct the sport and then figure out how long do you have. And then go about the exercises right. and everything. And then, uh, yeah, and then from there, you, you go sets, reps, depending on your goal. How many days a week do you think um, an elite athlete should be working out? So are we talking like a I'm talking college about, athlete? Yeah, or, yeah okay. someone who wants to eventually get to that <clears throat> professional level. Yeah, so like, so let's say we're talking college athlete. Okay. Um, you know, outside the mandatory, mandatory training hours that the NCAA puts on student-athlete, um, they can only train so much with the coach. So I've seen some programs that do five days a week for half hour, hour, depending on how practice and off season goes. And then, but typically athletes are training two to four days a week. Um, and if you're really, and I get this from coach Jennings, like you should be training as hard as possible on those days. And then when you're off, it's all about how hard can I recover? You know, train hard, recover hard. So, I've seen some athletes where they try to train every day extremely hard and they don't get better. You know, if, if not, they get worse, you know what I mean? Just cause they're constantly tearing their body down and they're not giving it a chance to rebuild itself. So in the weight room, you're breaking the muscle tissue down, you're stressing the nervous system, um, the cardiovascular system. You can't do that every day without giving your time, giving your body time to reset itself, you know, from a nervous system standpoint, rebuild tissue. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, to me, it's really organizing like the the week. You know, am I, what's Monday, Wednesday, Friday look like? Are we going really, really hard on those days? And then 
Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, we're really promoting recovery, like hot, cold tubs, making sure people are eating right, sleeping right, um, and then all those extra things about, um, you know, like the soft tissue work that the athletic trainers do, massages, things yep. like that. And again, it's the same concept for me with supplements. Like, yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to fill in the cracks, so to say, on uh, like if someone's got like a soft tissue thing going on, but also if you have the resources, you're using those things to take you from that last five percent of your performance. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's not necessary, and some in some cases it is. Just like your diet, right? If you're missing something, you got to find a way to get it. Um, and if you have everything covered, that's great. Now you can use it to maximize your, optimize your performance. Jake, what? If there's athletes out there who wanna who wanna get faster, right? Let's talk mm-hmm. about. You, I know your background. You have trained a ton of beasts, right? <laughs> and I mean, in football, baseball. What would you recommend for someone who who wants to get that that forty time, that sixty time, that whatever it is to to decrease that? What type of exercises? Right. So. You know, coming from ignition um, and doing speed, speed agility, quickness training, power, plyometrics, and all those things, um, that's where my career kind of started. So the biggest thing is getting with a coach that's knowledgeable about speed, agility, quickness. I've seen a lot of Instagram videos of kids that think they're doing speed training by just grinding on the speed ladder. Um you know, thinking they may have the misconception that they're going to get faster. Their foot speed may increase and they're learning these patterns, but that's not really going to translate to running a 40-yard dash. So if we're talking, you know, the 10-yard dash and the 40-yard dash, you know, your your 10, your first 10 uh, yards are all about, you know, strength, power, and explosiveness. And then your 10 to 40 is going to be about your sprint mechanics, um, how quickly you can turn over your sp- stride length stride frequency so from those things that like to me that's a mechanical issue like a technical component to sprinting as you strength train like as a kid's growing up say he's in high school general strength training and learning those mechanics of how to start how to accelerate and then how to um you know run fast from your 10 to 40 those are those are going to be huge as you advance in a college and you learn those mechanics continuing to get stronger explosive exercises plyometrics are going to help speed those things up so um i know that's not like one specific exercise would lifting heavy be part of that too Uh, yeah i mean would you recommend lifting heavy to get faster essentially yeah so like you do got to develop strength and strength and power to move your mass right so and to do that you're looking at lower reps you know three to five you know depending on where you're at with your training age you know some younger kids can get really strong you know at eight to ten reps but as you progress like you need to increase that load so take just like a back squat you know for some of our college athletes you know you know two to five six reps are really going to push that strength envelope and get them stronger and more powerful and the, and the explosive reps where you're moving a little bit lighter weight faster that's where it's going to train your power again still the same reps rep range depending on what you're doing but Again, it's all about moving moving weight fast after you become strong. Jake, is there certain exercises when it comes to if you can squat right a certain amount of weight, would that translate to around a certain speed, for instance? Would that Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Um, or is that just... No, I don't... 
Like if you squat, yeah. you know, three eighty. Yeah. Is no. it, have you seen like? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, I mean, everybody is different. Everyone's strength qualities are different. Um, so, I don't think so. Um, there's, I mean, I see kids in high school that come in that's never lifted before, and can fly. Yeah. You know, and then I got kids that grind five days a week that are you know fairly strong for their age group that still aren't so you that's genetics right like some guys are just predisposed to being fast and then some kids really need to work on it they really need to work on their mechanics to to push that envelope of speed have you ever worked with any is there any particular kid who you've worked with who you've seen like increase speed like crazy amount just by lifting uh and training under yeah uh i mean a classic example is our NFL combine group at ignition where that is literally geared around guys coming in and testing their 40. And then every single day it's our job to make them jump higher on their vertical jump and get faster at their 40 and get faster at their pro agility. And, you know, they're doing speed, agility, quickness and strength training, you know, four to five days a week, depending on which one we're doing. Um, you know, they'll strength train four days a week and then transition to three days, but they'll do speed, agility, quickness, you know, four or five days a week. Um, and you can see some pretty remarkable transformations on guys' 40s, you know, guys going from 4.7 to, you know, 4.4s four and things like that, and then you see guys going from 4.4 four, four to, you know, high four twos. Which I mean, when you're at that speed, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a huge level. improvement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you see guys who really have never done speed work before go from like a 5.2 to like a 4.9 or 4.8. You know what I mean? So, and that's that could be the difference between being drafted and not. So, those are always pretty cool. When you're um, working to decrease the forty time or the sixty time, how many yards are they are they practicing to run? Is it ten, twenty? Oh yeah. So, again, when you break down, or is it like a hundred yards? I mean, yeah. So you got to look at the the full sprint. So let's take. Let's take a 40, you know, you got your 40, 60s, and your 100-meter dash. There's different phases of each sprint, or of each one, right? So your your start, your acceleration phase, which is at 0 to 10. Um, you know, your start is that first, like, three steps. So you got to train that. You got to train. You got to be technically proficient there. You got to train your strength and explosiveness and technique at your acceleration phase. You know, you got to be efficient at your transition phase, which is – probably at 20 yards and then for the last 20 of the 40 is like your um pure speed right so your top end speed um and it's not so much like you see some freaks in college like they're accelerating all the way through the 40 you know which is crazy um the younger you get the longer that last 20 seems like so they're kind of in their pure speed phase so when you look at the 60 it's no different you know again younger athletes those those ranges are a lot smaller you know they'll be sprinting for a long time whereas like when i was training with you guys you know your pure speed phase was probably the last 20 yards you know what i'm saying yeah yeah um so you do have to train each one and that's when your programming comes down so like hey monday we're focusing all on our excel our start work and acceleration work um and then tuesday or, you know, Wednesday, we're working on our transition phase. So we're going 20 to 40. And then our Friday training session, we're going to work the last, you know, 30, 
you know, 30 yards. So our pure speed, like our, what do our mechanics look like? Um, our speed endurance, you know, running, you know, 60, 70 yards, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, that, that makes, that definitely makes sense. So you can't just sit there and run hard 60 every single time. Right. You um, can, but it's just not. Like how many days time. a week would you recommend if you're like trying to do like a 60 yard dash, like decrease that? You got like two months to get ready for uh if I had two months, I'd be, I'd be working on it three days a week. Okay. You know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, giving myself ample time to recover, and then I'd also be doing some strength and power training. Okay, Jake, you got a big, big meeting coming up. We gotta get, gotta get it rolling here. One yeah. last question: How long will it take you to get a black belt oh, in jujitsu? So I think I've heard you can. I mean, it's achievable in like ten years. Whoa. Yeah, it's a long time. I didn't know it was like. And so, how far away are you? I mean, I'm I'm only at two years. I mean, two years. I'm not even at my blue belt yet. So, that's someone. Again, it comes down to, you know, you gotta get your hours on the. You gotta get your mat time right, and then you gotta prove that you know what you're doing to get your next belt. They just don't give them to you, at least not at my gym. You gotta really earn it. Um, so, you're probably not look, the average person's probably not looking to get it before ten years. So. It's pretty remarkable when you see so you're committed. Are, yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's been super rewarding and then it's even fun when you get like my buddy Aaron, you know, um and then a few other guys like Coach Mesh, he's looking to get into it. Coach Ben does judo and there's a lot of principles that bounce back and forth. So it's even more fun when you get to do it with your friends and beat up on each other. So I can't put a time on it. Hopefully around ten years that'd be awesome, but the way you know how busy college strength and conditioning is. You know what I mean. It it, it can be tough yeah. to get to the gym at times. So right. like you're training outside. Like I'm not getting registered hours, but I'm still I'm still working on jujitsu. So it's all relative. I think the fastest guy to ever get their blue belt. I have to look it up. His name's BJ Penn, and I heard the guy like lived on the mat for like four years or something. It's something ridiculous. Crazy. So. I think that's the so in eight, in eight years we'll have you back on and then you have your belt. black belt yeah maybe sure we can show that I'll be off. choking everybody out right right well, hey man I appreciate you stopping yeah. by today thank you I appreciate it.